Hello and welcome to BakaCast, episode number 382. I'm your host Dustin and with me today is Ben. That was smooth. That and was smooth. Larry. Hey, guess what? What? I got my voice back. Heck yeah. I got my voice back, yeah. Larry See, <laughs> Larry no longer sounds like Tom Waits. Uh, no sound <laughs> like I ate Kermit. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, this respiratory stuff that went around was pretty nasty, and to have a small child give it to you unbeknowingly and then going, being wiped out for almost a month was, on a scale of one to not fun, not yeah. fun. Yeah, I had, about of, I had about of con sickness. I, mm. I have yet to get con sick, thankfully. I, though granted, I don't go to a whole lot of cons, it's mostly just packed south each, each year, so... But but I've but I've returned unscathed from Pack South since the year it started. So maybe I'm just lucky. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or I've just got a killer immune system. Uh, well, the only thing I the only thing I can warn you is, with age, things get better and worse. I did get food poisoning once on my way back from way back home from uh, Minnesota, though, where I ate at a Chinese place in the in the airport restaurant. So, uh, that yeah, that, that wasn't too good. That happened to me at a con. <laughs> oh boy! Can't meow. Can't that meow, is, meow attacked you. That, yeah, getting food poisoning, like in a when you're not at home, is probably one of the that yeah, can't be pleasant. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay, show notes. Yeah, show notes can be found at www.projectharahi.net or at uh, audioentropy.com. And we are going to be discussing just one show this time, which is fine, because I'm very tired, so it's probably for the best. Uh, We're going to be talking about the first eight episodes of Banana Space Fish. Uh, Banana Fish, just, yeah. I was trying to do a joke there. It didn't work. Uh, uh, no, you were you didn't quite fuzz out, and there wasn't enough plaids and page leaves to yeah. yeah but so despite despite the whimsical name, Banana Fish is not at all a whimsical show. Yeah, uh, this show's brutal. Yeah, so uh, just to give a brief plot synopsis here. A uh, banana fish follows um, three primary and a uh, primary protagonist. Uh, there's Ash Links, the uh, hot blonde kid, Eiji uh, uh, Okumura, um, the uh, Japanese um, photographer's assistant, uh, who sort of acts as the, uh, I guess, audience cipher character in a way, because he's like kind of the one of the only normal people who gets dragged into this you know, uh, criminal conspiracy. Uh, and then there is, uh, what's the army guy's name? The what guy? Uh, the Iraq war veteran. Oh, that's Max. Right. Max. Yeah. Yeah. So Max veteran of the Iraq war, uh, who we, um, later find out like half, I believe halfway through these episodes, um, is, uh, served alongside Ash's brother, uh, and one of the very first things that happens in this show, like the basically the first scene, um, is that we are uh, 
watching Max and Griffin, which is Ash's brother, um, at their base camp um, with some other uh, uh, soldiers in the Iraq War. And suddenly Griffin, like, just seems to go totally crazy um, and picks up an assault rifle and kills a bunch of his fellow soldiers um, just as they're sort of, you know, relaxing, conversing. And uh, basically forces Max to uh, fire uh, two shots, one at each of his legs, to try and disable him. Um, and then, like, after after that, Griffin just kind of goes into a vegetative state. Uh, and, like, the last thing he says to them is banana fish. And that's kind of what starts the mystery and what gets both Ash and Max mixed up in it because they both want to figure out what the hell happened to their brother and their best friend, respectively. Yep. Uh, and, 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 and so, like, the first eight episodes are kind of, uh, like, they, uh, to sort of distill them into a basic synopsis, it, it, the first eight, eight episodes follow these characters, like, setting up their tragedies, um, and then also setting up how they get mixed up together, um, because uh, Ag is basically working on a story, and that's what gets him caught up with Ash, and sort of like he becomes a kidnapping victim essentially. <laughs> um, and yeah. Ash uh, and Griffin end up uh, in not Griffin, sorry, Ash and Max end up in the same prison together. You know, they find out how they're each connected um, because Max is trying to get information from Ash about, you know, what he knows about banana fish. Uh, And eventually, like, we we find out that, um, like, we find out that banana fish is a highly, highly um, toxic drug that... Uh, almost a work uh, that essentially works as a way to assassinate people, um, almost, uh, and it, it it like um makes them susceptible to hypnosis and brainwashing, um, and that's sort of what we learn at, at in the uh, final episode that we watch in episode eight, uh, where the gang meets up with um, the three primary characters meets meet up with like one of the guys responsible for making the drug, uh, and it ends with his like secret document lab being set on set into flames by the uh the triad i believe is it the yeah the, the lee family the triad Chinese, it's a yeah, the chinese yeah, it's yeah a... so like right yeah so yeah that's in yeah it's a chinese gang chinese chinese family set house on fire yeah so one of the things that i um really like about this show is just the central mystery like i like how the i like how the cast interacts with each other um and i do like the central mystery of what is banana fish like who made it um who's responsible for using it and distributing it um and also just the the circumstances that the action scenes and the circumstances that the characters get caught up in um, I, I really do like how the story 
is revealed in this show where it goes like you don't really get a whole lot of information each episode but you get just enough happening that it doesn't feel like it's just stalling for time mm-hmm. yeah and it it's also is a look a take on the American mob system from a definitely uh, foreign point of view. And uh, yeah, there are some, yeah. uh, there are some, uh, there are some plot holes about that. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I do not know enough about the American, the various American mobs to really say uh, anything. It's, it's in not about the mob. I think, I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest source of plot holes is in the episodes when Ash goes to prison. Because I prisons says the thing about prisons is that yeah prisons don't work like that. Oh it's yeah, so- no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely feels like um, the writer of Banana Fish, which gosh, what is that guy's name? Um, she is. Uh... Oh oh right, she um is it. Uh, Akimi Yoshida? Yeah, Akimi Yoshida. Uh, Okay, yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, fun fact. This manga, the the original manga, was serialized in a shoujo magazine. Yeah, I don't... That is really weird to me, and makes me think that the the word shoujo just has no meaning anymore. (laughs) I like how Aaron is now explaining things, even though he's not recording, so the audience isn't going to hear this. <laughs> yeah, we're already recording, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> it's fine. I can just pass awa- along your words like a puppet if you want me to. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't do that to me again. Uh Anyway, yeah, I, I, I assume... Even though I got rid of Kermit, he does want to come back. Yeah, I, I assume there's a reasonable explanation for it. It just seems funny to me that you can technically classify this as a shoujo. Um, also, like, one of the... Anyway, like, the point I was making was it definitely seems like um, Akimi Yoshida just, like, knows about American prisons through, like, American media... <laughs> I was going to say they watched The Godfather enough times, <laughs> and so and so like you you have you already have a layer of fakeness built in because like even American media doesn't like necessarily depict prisons all that realistically, and then you have it filtered through like another layer of like a, a foreign person trying to understand American media's dis- depiction of American prisons, and like it's not <laughs> it's not always super uh accurate but honestly like bringing up the prisons and all that like that that sequence of episodes was one of the things i have the most problems with uh in in terms of like banana fish's story because like you have this like drug stuff going on and that's the main plot line but for some reason uh there's also like this side thing that occasionally pops up 
where we learn very early on that Ash, when he was a young kid, was a victim of sexual abuse, uh, specifically rape. Um, And then when Ash is in prison, that continues to happen and come up with many of the prisoners, like making sexual threats against him in episode three ash lets a group of prisoners gang rape him so that he can be admitted into the a medical ward there's there is a lot of like homosexual acts that happen in this show but none of them are ever consensual and that makes me very uncomfortable uh, um, with this how this show handles that. Because um, there is definitely queer baiting moments uh, between Ash and A.G. But those sequences are the ones that have plausible dem- deniability. The only ones that are explicitly gay, the only acts that are explicitly gay, are the ones that are very blatantly non-consensual and often violent. Was was not Ash sold into slavery? Basically, yes. Well, yeah. I think that the way the timeline works is that uh, he got... Oh, it, it actually, even before, even before, like... Yeah, so the timeline works is that, okay, when Ash was a little kid, his brother got... Uh, yeah, his brother got dosed with uh, got dosed with the drug, and uh, it basically lost his mind. Uh, and but you know, and then, but then, oh, let's see. Then at one point, uh, this is in episode six. Uh, it's revealed that uh, he was uh, abused by a neighbor. He was abused by a neighbor. Uh, and then and, oh, yes. and killed the and eventually killed the guy. Uh, and then sometime after that, because uh, evidently his his dad was not nice to him, but not outright abusive. Uh, but definitely his dad was not a comforting. His dad was not definitely not a comforting or a nurturing presence in his uh, in his life. Um, I like right. that. I like yeah. that. So one point, so basically, so after this, so after, sometime after this, Ash runs away, and then gets picked up by uh, the mafia, specifically uh, uh, Dino. Always who, a great place for a kid. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Who basically, well, basically turns a, basically turns uh, Ash into his uh, personal sex toy. Yeah, that was the part that I kind of, uh, I mean, I know it happens, but uh, it, the way they portrayed it was, um, especially the video that they showed him when the other cops locked him up was the, yeah. Yeah, and like, one of the primary reasons I have an issue with this, and like, I'm not trying to say that anime can't talk about this sort of subject, but so far, like, and I've watched eight episodes, which is, you know, a pretty significant chunk. It's, it's a third of the series. It kind of feels just, like, tacked on. Like, it doesn't really have... 
it doesn't directly connect to the main plot of Banana Fish in regards to the drug. Like, it's just another thing to make Ash's backstory more tragic and to make the villains even more villainous. Um, I mean, there, there's no, no, there's no doubt in the, there's no doubt in the, in the uh, viewer's mind why Ash wants a piece of Don. I mean, there's just, just or Dino. There's just, just. There, there, by the end of the fourth episode, I think it is, nobody has any doubts that, you know, when Ash gets his hands on Dino, he's going to cut Dino up into itty-bitty little pieces and feed him to the fish. Uh, okay, I'm going to defend it. I'm going to defend this show. Okay. Uh, right, I think, alright, yeah, so all like the, like, uh, yeah, so all like the, well, the, all the rape that's going on is unpleasant, but I don't think it's toxic. And I think it has a purpose. And all right, go for it. And I think the purpose here. Well, for one thing, it's it's basic. For one thing, the whole, the uh, I think what they're what they're going for is they're trying to build a contrast between the brutality of Ash's world, you know, the criminal underworld that he's lived that he lives in, and his like and his warming relationship with Aging. And because because uh, yeah, and what, what's I mean, yeah, you know, I mean his relationship with Ag is kind of a slow burn, so it, it hasn't uh, run its course yet. Uh, but it, there's some interesting there's some interesting signposts coming coming up here. Like notably, notably the whole thing is that like you know because Ash for very like well developed well developed reasons doesn't like people touching him. Uh, you know, and like, and he doesn't like people, he doesn't like people getting behind him. Because, which, you know, for the reasons for that, very well explained. Very well developed. But, but the thing about that is that, is that he makes an exception when it comes to AG. Because, like, you know, like, you know, he, he's like, like when AG, when AG come like, like, a, let's see, it is in, uh, yeah, in one, in, I think episode seven, episode seven, when, when like that, uh, you know, that, that Chinese guy who turns out to be, who turns out to be, uh, you know, turns out to be, one, you know, one of the gang, one of the gangsters, uh, the, you know, when the Chinese guy is like, you know, gets up behind him, Ash is constantly on edge, uh, but when AG gets behind him, you know, Ash is uh, totally fine with it. And, like, when anybody else tries to touch him, Ash is, like, he, uh, you know, he reacts very defensively. And very, uh, and, but when AG touches him, he's fine with it. So that shows okay. that, it, so it shows that the whole point is that, like, Sort of AG, his relationship with AG represents a contrast with like, sort of the the brutal and abusive world that uh, that he that he's uh, that he's used to. Uh, I, my recommendation is that anybody goes to watch this, uh, especially if you're letting younger people watch this uh, take care, because uh, yeah. This, I'm not. I'm not sure how anybody basically 
definitely preteen and maybe 16 and younger is going to handle this because unless they've had or experienced or know how this works, they're going to look at this and it's going to drive them right straight out of their bird. Oh, uh, yeah, this show is definitely not for kids. I guess my main issue with that argument and like I do hope that's what the show is going for. I honestly do. Uh, and I hope it like ends up justifying itself by the end. But like my the issue I'm having with sort of the contrasted displays is just how contrasted they are. And this is so I'm going to get into more like meta commentary on just how on sort of like how gay relationships gay relationships are allowed to be portrayed in mate in media like what is considered appropriate because this kind of goes into prejudices against um same-sex relationships as well is one of the major things one of the major things that people tried to fearmonger about uh gay men specifically is that they were out to get your kids and that they were all sexual predators um often oftentimes the people trying to fearmonger this were the predators themselves in the case of catholic priests um but let's not get into that bag of worms but the point is like no, the sir, depictions please. the depictions we see in this show most frequently are the precise people like the precise like examples that people tried to fearmonger about you know what allowing same-sex relationships to be accepted would lead to like oh these are the sort of people that you need to be worried about uh and a lot of times especially in what i've seen of japanese anime but even like in um you know american movies and tv on too honestly um gay relationships do like positive gay relationships depicting loving couples are not allowed to be as explicit as depictions of sexual predators and i am seeing this show fall into that exact same trap where the again the most explicit displays of uh homosexuality are all toxic Whereas the stuff between Ash and AG, you know, while I can see sort of where it's going, it is way more subtle. And so far, like the most, um, the most blatant act between those two, which is Ash um, uh, kissing AG on the mouth, is depicted as something that AG, that AG is not comfortable with and was simply used by Ash as a way of delivering communication without anybody knowing. It was depicted as utilitarian and not necessarily consensual well, on the part of AG. Because um, those around those around them had a picture of Ash already and so when he did that yeah. nobody questioned it. There was no there was no question. Now, you know if if Ash had been straight and had done that, the whole world would have come unglued, but he came into prison with the perception that you know, from the uh, people, the, the Finks in the underworld, that this was, you know, 
Oh, yeah, he's, he's this, this, he's a play toy. Yeah, you can do this with him, do that with him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So when he hauled off and did that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. It's whatever, you know, different strokes for different folks thing. And it's like, so, I mean, it was it was nice cover, but it, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I kind of have a little trouble handling yeah. some of this, this, so, this I mean, portrayal. That's really what worries me is <clears> that, like, despite what you know, might be happening between the Ash and AG relationship is that the show just isn't going to tackle the issue of, you know, the predator stereotype that is was often used and still is, honestly, uh, to uh, persecute gay and lesbian people and is going to just shove like the positive depictions like in this corner where you know you got plausible deniability for it you can say oh yeah sure but like that they're just good friends they're not actually gay um because i've seen this song and dance before between male characters and like Uh, when when we were watching when we were watching um uh what the uh ice skating anime god why can't i remember yuri on ice Yuri on Ice, when we were watching that, like, one of the things that people were talking about with it is that it was, you know, surprisingly straightforward, you know, with the uh, gay relationships between its main characters. That it was surprising how blunt it was comparatively. And if that is considered blunt... Well, see, that's the thing. It, it's there. There are long-standing, you said it, stereotypes about these kind of interactions between people that some people just it, it, they. You mention the word, and and their mind just clicks off. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to understand. They don't want to. They just don't want to. And I. If they're playing it for that, I'm not really happy about it because it's a situation that is becoming more and more evident and it, it needs to be handled. Not say, well, well, don't hang around with him because I don't want you becoming like him. Yeah. And the worst thing is that like one of the explanations for, you know, why, uh, why people would be gay that got trod around by these like same conservative groups is like, Oh, you're just gay because of some sort of abuse. It's because you didn't have a good childhood or because you weren't taught right or because you were abused. And then that turned you gay. And yeah, like I can easily see someone with that mindset reading that same, like reading that, that exact same, like, uh, uh, propaganda into Ash because the show does absolutely nothing to sort of push back against that false idea. It, uh, it doesn't yeah, do anything to confront that. And that is what pers- worries me the most. And as much as I love the main plot in this show, I feel I felt incredibly uncomfortable watching these eight episodes because of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, this this would be the the defense film for somebody going, see? Uh, yeah, I can see, I mean, I, yeah, that's, I mean, that's an interpretation of the text that I don't agree with, but 
I can. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with it either. I'm just saying the text doesn't do enough one way or the other to really fight back against that type of interpretation. Uh, yeah, I'm. But yeah. Which I think, like, given the current climate for LGBT people in both Japan and America, is a problem. Like, you need to directly address that in this kind of environment. Like, you can't just assume that people are going to be coming into it with a uh, progressive mindset like we are. Because... I we know from personal experience that a lot of anime fans are not progressive, are absolutely conservative and fascist, and do not like LGBT people. Like, and they are probably not going to get the same reading that we do. Uh. Well, yeah, I think uh, for uh, yeah, for uh. I think, especially for American fans, uh, that's definitely, yeah, I think, I think you definitely, you have a point there, uh, which just goes to show you that, uh, like, uh, a big part of, uh, anime fandom is a toxic mess. Um, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, Boy, you are being generous right. with that statement. Yeah, but the thing is, but I'm I'm getting, but the thing about this is that it is that I think it plays a bit differently in Japan because it's also because it's also because Japan has I mean has a has a different take has somewhat different takes on uh, gay male relationships specifically. I mean, they're like specifically in the uh, the BL genre, and and so I think what one thing to look at is in how this show, like how this show how the show handles like BL tropes, because well, and uh, and of course yeah, and the thing is is that a lot of the tropes of uh, a lot of the tropes of like uh, you know, BL anime is, well, toxic in its own way. Yeah. The thing is here, though, um, BL is kind of sort of fantasy, and they're kind of portraying this as, as factual, and fact and fantasy, when you do something like that and they collide, it's usually loud and uh, annoying. Um. Uh. Yeah, I mean, but yes, yeah, because the way, the way I interpret it, the way I interpret this show is that I don't think this show is trying to make a is is trying to make a statement about homosexuality. I think no, I think they're I, I think I think they're using it as yeah. You know, I, I think you're device. right, and I think that's a mistake. I mean, let's. We've talked about this subject, but I want to bring up another one. There is a bunch of gratuitous violence in this program. Yeah. I mean, to uh, the little boy being shot, uh, to his stepmother being knifed, to his father being. I mean, there's blood. There's blood galore in this, and. Yeah, you're mixing a lot of different themes here, but 
it, I got a feeling, I don't know, unless it straightens itself out, I got a feeling the message that it wants to portray is going to get lost in the mud. Uh, I think it wants to tell us that drugs are bad and that there are drugs floating around that can do serious harm and damage. And the way they're setting it up is... Um, yeah, drugs are sure. bad. I'm, I'm, drugs are bad, and gangsters are bad, and drug dealing gangsters are really, really bad. I think that's the that's the main message of this show. But it's like I said, it, there's the possibility here, depending on how it goes, because there's now two or three very distinct revenge plot lines set up in here. Um, that you know. <coughs> Like I said, if Ash gets to, to Dino, I mean, you know, there's going to be applause because people are like, yeah, do the boot in, yeah, kill him, yeah, or hang him, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Also, it, I, I should note that while homosexuality itself is legal in Japan, marriage is still not recognized. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, I was kind of, I was kind of going to dance around those subjects because the the um, portrayal that is going on here is doing a lot of tap dancing and I'm trying to figure I I'm, I kind of sort of figured out why but I was hoping that's not what why they were tap dancing but I think you're right that's probably part of the reason why this is all getting tap danced around and again I it as a basis fine but it being stressed in almost every episode um, you guys need to come up with a better plot mechanism but yeah it's it's a complicated thing um well and i hope it gets less complicated as the next 16 episodes yeah, rolls along i really do want to like this show um because i like the cast of characters um again i like the mystery i like the action scene it seems it's a very well animated show um, and, and I would, I would really like to see, like, I do really hope that Ash and Ag's relationship is actually handled well. I am just, I don't know, I'm just very skeptical, just based on the number of times, like, shows have dropped the ball on this, um, with, you know, similar relationship setups, especially considering like all the other stuff happening in the background. Uh, so I'm yeah, yeah I I rem- like I remain hopeful that it'll improve, but I'm very skeptical still. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I can I can agree with your skepticism because I'm looking at this going I mean, I I <clears throat> doing a little bit of writing in my time, I kind of looked at that and said, well, let's see now, if I was going to progress the plot and make it interesting for the listener viewer, I would do this and this and this. And it's like, however, I got a feeling they're going to do this, this and this, and it's going to get, something's going to get lost in the translation here, I'm afraid. But I don't know. They, they, we've had anime surprise us before. It's been a while, but, they, we have had anime surprises before. Well, I'm on board. I'm I'm more hopeful, and I am still on board with this show, and I'm going to keep at it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to keep watching it, but uh, I just really hope that we don't end up, how do I want to say it, don't end up with a knife in the back over Regret? <laughs> well, we've done the regret, Brett. I mean, it's. Uh, I can think about half a dozen shows that we probably never should have bothered the time and effort to watch, but they were learning experiences. Um, sometimes getting metal pictures out of your head takes years to do, but yeah, it's... Um, uh... mm-hmm. I'm... All right, so I think we're done. Yeah, I think we've pretty well uh, covered this. Um, at least these these eight episodes. Um, yeah, gonna hold off. Will... Gonna hold off on giving a rating until the show is finished. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I no... think that's really the only reasonable thing that, to do. That, that 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 would be that would be unfair. Uh, and I'm glad we're doing this show like this because if we'd have done it in an episodic, uh, I don't think we'd have made. I don't <laughs> think a couple of us would have made a, many episodes into this without. Uh, yeah, I would have ser- serious serious doubts about our sanity. Yeah, I, I would have definitely been tempted to drop it during the prison episodes. That's for sure because those are the roughest. Um, Hopefully, those were the roughest. See, this going to New York and dealing with the other family and. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, because uh, like, what's his name, sister? What's yeah. his name, sister? Involved in this whole bit? Yeah, it's oh, the I end of the end of the end of episode eight leaves uh, our heroes in a bad place. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, serious, it's called a serious bind. Yes, um, uh, but I think um, next next time we're also going to be talking about what was that anime you suggested again? The shorter one, uh, Skullface Bookseller Honda San. Right, yes, Skull Facebook seller Honda San. So we will also be watching that. Um, so we've got uh, okay. some other stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, because we're either going to be by the next episodes, we're either going to be impressed in what has happened, yeah. or it's going to be Katie bar the door time. All hell's about to break loose. Uh, so um, yeah, look, look, look forward to that. I guess. Um, well, it's better than looking back to it. Yeah, let me just check to see if we've got any listener questions. I don't think so. Nope. Nope. Um, I keep forgetting to ask on Twitter for questions. I need to remember to start doing that before we record, but I'm an idiot who can never remember things. Uh, no, so... you're not. An... <laughs> Dustin, you are not an idiot. You are just slightly <laughs> occupied with real-life situations that have a tendency to alter your thinking processes. This is true, yes. Uh, so that'll be it for this episode. It's a slightly shorter episode of Baca Cast. Pockycast, yes, Pockycast. Yeah, uh, uh, Couchcast, where we all go and check hey, out a couch when we're done. Hey, Pocky, if you want to sponsor us, I, I will take your money. I haven't um, had Pocky in so long. <laughs> I, I still have some Pocky uh, that I got as a stocking stuffer in my closet, but I should probably eat at some point. Um, yeah. anyway, uh, that'll be it for this episode of BakaCast. Uh, as always, you can leave comments or questions on our blog at projectharahi.net or at audioentropy.com, or you can send us emails at BakaCast at projectharahi.net, or you can even tweet at me at stillsthegm. And you can also tweet at Ben at DeathSlinky. 
Okay, I wasn't I wasn't sure if you were gonna go. <laughs> uh, you, and uh, your your audio kind of cut out for a bit there. Yeah. You, oh, really? You, oh, I yeah. think I think think your internet bug has. I I love again. my Wi-Fi adapter. It's so reliable. Um, you you can't you tweet at Larry. He he doesn't use Twitter for which is for no, the best. See, that's honestly, that's, that's, actually, there's a uh, Robin Williams thing about Twitter that if you've heard it, uh, yeah, I could go go on and on about that. But yeah, I, there's no sense in me tweeting. I am not a bird. I just fly him. I don't. I'm not. One. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, Ben, Dustin, three, two, one. Kitabosh. Enjoy anime because what's going on in the real world is annoying. <laughs> well, bye. Ain't that the goddamn truth. Bye. <laughs>